Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity in Fellowship podcast. Um, Today, we are going to talk about the latest controversy in the SBC. I mean, it's like like we talked about a controversy last week. Yes. And literally within the last week, a new controversy has kind of come around. Right. So we recorded the our last episode about the SBC and CRT and then after that episode yes, two week. letters from Russell Moore who was a former entity head of the SBC um, two letters from him were leaked um, and they contained some issues with a couple of things that have been going on in the SBC for quite some time. Um, issues regarding sexual abuse and racism. We have covered those things um, sort of in depth in previous podcasts, but we felt like since we um, just talked about one of the issues that is going to um, come up at the um, annual convention that's Mm -hmm. coming up next week, um, actually, this will actually drop this week, <laughs> the week of the convention. Right. That we felt like we need to address this as well. So, probably, yeah, I mean, just honesty, right? We felt like, man, we've put out this episode on yeah, CRT, and then right. all this other stuff, yes, has kind of come out, and so it looks like, wow, William and Kenny really don't know how to read the room Do at all. They don't know what's all. going on. They're not even paying attention, and yes. so. We felt like it, yes. Even though this was not really planned, this was not really on our schedule as far no. as topics that we wanted to discuss. But we felt like, yeah, it would be necessary to kind of say, "Hey, look, let's let's at least address that." And these are some serious, serious That's accusations, right. and yeah, and they are very near and dear to our heart, especially when it deals with diversity and fellowship, how mm-hmm. we treat minorities, and and especially how we treat our our women. Yeah, and so we want to make sure that we address these things when they come up. So, uh, Brother William, what is some of the background um, or some of the things that were included? Yeah, in the, the content. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the, the two, he, he basically, there were two letters, and then in the first letter he pointed out kind of two problems that he identified. Uh, the first was um, kind of uh, the, dealt with sexual abuse. Yes. And um, the, the uh, there were kind of several different things that he talked about uh, beneath that particular topic. First, um, kind of a he, he, he said that there were those leaders in the SBC, uh, those who, who are a part of the executive committee and, and others, who really just kind of refused to listen yeah. to sexual abuse victims. Um, you know, after the Houston Chronicle article that had come out, that um, there were, there were ne- several uh, pastors, ministers who uh, were involved in SBC churches, um, you know, who kind of showed that they had um, been uh, sexual predators, and yes. and yet kind of nothing had happened. And so, so we're it seems as if at that point we're trying to listen to, um, you know, sex, sexual abuse victims and saying how could we. How could we do better? How could we prevent this? We want our churches to be safe, right? We don't want these things to happen in the future. 
Uh, we want to hear your stories and what happened with you. What, you know, how could we learn from those to prevent? So I feel like though, that was kind of the conversation, or at least what we thought was the conversation, and yet, uh, according to Russ Moore, there, there, there wasn't a lot of list, actual listening going on, right? Yes. In fact, even they did do the Caring Well Conference, right. which was in part response to uh, what was going on, and there was pretty hostile pushback to some of the things that were said because they felt like they were too uh, honest right. or, you know, made, made certain certain uh, parts in the SBC look bad or certain churches or certain mm-hmm. entities. And so so there was real kind of, you know, pushback on that. Um, yes. And so kind of the refusal to listen, not, not only was there that, but it also turned into kind of, kind of name calling, discrediting, I mean, using terms like, oh, this is a, this is an example of a Potiphar's wife. Oh yeah, right. They're claiming that this was. Uh, they're claiming that this was um, basically a, the the victim was trying to seduce the yeah, predator. That's right. right. Um, and and so, it just you know, those those are pretty serious. You know, very pretty serious so. uh, statements uh, from from us. More um, another another part of that was kind of um, kind of just the unwillingness to act. Right, and so. Yeah. These victims are saying, "Here are some things that that need to happen." Um, one of the things that immediately happened, and this was public, um, is that the the current president of the SBC, J.D. Greer, uh, named like ten churches that needed to be uh, investigated. Yes, because uh, there was there seems to be you know there were there were clear problems there, and seven of those churches were exonerated. That's I'm putting that in quotations because that's right. that's the way that Russ Moore put it. Um, those those seven of those churches were almost immediately exonerated. Yes, um, and that's puzzling. You know, like why why were those seven exonerated? Why were the other ones not? I mean, if it was an issue of well, we don't have the authority to do anything with these churches, well then, <laughs> why wasn't it all ten? You know, yes. that were exonerated. I mean, like there's just some confusion around, and uh, maybe we could research more and try to figure out exactly what happened there. But that was that was one thing. That was something that was brought up. Um, and then, and really, I mean, kind of the big thing was that there really weren't any steps that were developed or taken um, for future protection. I mean, there, there wasn't, and it, a lot of people had talked about creating a database of sexual predators so that they couldn't just move from one church to the next church. Absolutely. Uh, which seems like that wouldn't be that difficult. I mean, I know there would be, I mean, obviously that would take work and that would take time, um, but that would be something that could be a very useful um a useful tool for protecting churches and for protecting future victims, right? Yes. Um, and yet still, you know, still kind of waiting for that to happen, still waiting for something like that. And so there seemed to be, uh, it seemed as if in, in the letters that Russ Moore wrote, there, there was kind of blocks to all those, right? Here's some suggestions, yeah. here's some things we can do. And there's like, well, we can't do this and we can't do that and we can't hear. And, uh, and it, and, and so, so that was kind of, uh, kind of the the bulk of dealing with the sexual abuse accusation, but that was just the first accusation. The yeah. second accusation was racism. So, can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, when we're when we're even talking about these accusations that um, Russell Moore has made, he's not making it towards the entirety of the SBC. Right, he's making it towards a a particular inf- influential group of individuals who. Mm-hmm. Um, who seemed to be against some of the things that he was trying to do right. in these areas. Um, I think in even in even in one letter, he's, he actually said that 
while most of the churches are thinking that these things are being handled properly right. and they support him in handling these things properly, that there's a certain group that is trying to push back against him doing the will of the um, convention. So right. uh, more on the racism accusations yes. Yes. that came out. So mm-hmm. um, uh, Russ Moore hired a African-American woman to, to be a part of the ERLC, Trillia Newbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the individuals, which um, as the reporting goes, named Paige Patterson, he questioned the black girl, mm. quote unquote, the black girl, yes. whether she believed in um, whether complementarianism, she, complementarianism, right? Mm-hmm. Whether she believed that females could be pastors or not, mm-hmm. and so the the idea of him saying, you know, the black girl, not calling her mm-hmm. by her name, or or assuming that she held some sort of um, inconsistent belief, yeah. in spite of the fact that she had published articles, yes, you know, <laughs> talking about her being a complementarian, right, right. I mean, all of that was there, and yes. yet that was all ignored, yeah, right, and. I mean, just the tone <laughs> that mm, even yeah. saying black girl, yeah, what, what that connotates, uh, that's just horrible. Right. And I mean, that has been something that's confirmed. Yes. <laughs> and so um, mm. also, um, Russ Moore said he and his family received threats from from white nationalists and neo-Confederate individuals within, I mean, death threats mm. from these individuals within the, the SBC. And that, you know, they kind of wanted him to live in a state of terror. Right. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he called it like psychological terror. That's right. And and that's, I mean, that's concerning right. um, for a um, convention that claims to be trying to move forward when it comes to reconciliation mm-hmm. um, to have people who are sympathetic to the Confederacy, people mm-hmm. who are white nationalists. Right. Um, as he tries to, as he's trying to push forward with reconciliation, mm. that they are coming against him and threatening his life right. and the life of his family. That's a serious accusation. Mm. And also just what we've talked about even in our last episode about how we can, how the SBC and, and other individuals who who um, maybe not as committed to <laughs> diversity and fellowship are mm-hmm. are seeing certain types of justice how they use CRT as a as a um distraction right. use the term as a uh you know a dog whistle right to to distract from having uncomfortable conversations about racism mm-hmm. and uncomfortable conversations particularly about systemic racism and bias and all those other things. Right. And so, I mean, Russ Moore, he, he talked about all those things in his letter and, and, and some other things <laughs> in mm. regards to yes. that. And so we find those accusations to be very, very concerning. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need to, I mean, as Southern Baptists, mm. we, we need to respond to that and yeah. we need to, um, categorically say that these things are not yeah. acceptable yeah. at all. Right. And so, right. so brother, what are some of the responses right. that so, we've seen yeah. from individuals? 
Yeah, we want to be as fair as we can. I mean, um, there are obviously two sides to this. I mean, there, there, there are different groups. And so Mike Stone, who is, uh, he was the chairman of the executive committee and was named in the second letter. Uh, there were certain accusations that were brought against him. So he responded with a video, I think, on Saturday this past weekend. Yes. Um, and his, you know, in his video, he called basically everything that Russ Moore said is slander. Uh-huh. Uh, was lies, um, and and just basically said I, everything that he said is is not true, right? Yes. So he he said that none of these things are true. This is not how it was handled, um, you know, and those types of things. He it was a shorter video. I mean, it was only around I mean thirteen minutes. I don't know if that's short or not, but <laughs> but not he, by today's standards. Right, man. He, he didn't necessarily deal a lot with kind of some. Of, he dealt with some of the specific ap- accusations, but not necessarily with all of them. And he actually said, I think at the beginning of the video, he wasn't going to try to deal with everything uh, because of time constraints. And so it could be that between now and the time this episode drops, he may he may actually deal more um, with some of the accusations. I would hope so. You yes. Know? Um, that he's going to say, okay, here's here's what happened, here's what we did, here's why we did it, you know, those types of things. He he didn't do a lot of that in the video. He did some of it, um, and so that was that was kind of Mike Stone's response. Ronnie Floyd, who was also somebody who was named um, in the second letter, um, and has been named several times by some of the victims as you know not being super helpful. Yeah, he, his statement was, I don't remember things the way Russ Moore does. Yes, <laughs> right. So I I don't know. I don't think that again. I don't I don't know that there may. There may be more that he has said or he has shared, and if and if not at the time that we're recording now, he may he may share more in the next few days. But, um, but he did say I don't I don't necessarily agree with um I don't I don't remember things exactly the way the Russmore. Okay. He wasn't quite as strong as yeah Mike Stone there. But then you had the victims, right? Uh, Rachel Den Hollander and and others who have said you know very plainly like we agree with what Russ Moore has said. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, they would say we none of this is surprising or shocking or new. Uh, we've been talking about these issues for years and years. Um, and and so, I mean, there's just pretty clear agreement from them. I mean, they were the ones, m- many of them were the ones who were kind of involved in the process, who were in, you know, who were trying to go and say, hey, here's some steps we need to take. Here's some things that could happen you know, hear our stories, hear what happened to us, I mean, those types of things. And so all of them have been in agreement. Um, and then uh, J.D. Greer kind of briefly as well just kind of said, hey, I I agree with, with what Russ Moore has said. And, um, you know, one of the letters was written directly to him. Yes. Um, and so he, he kind of has responded and said, yes, this is, you know, I agree with the way um, Dr. Moore describes these certain things happening. And so... So those are some of the various responses. Obviously, you've got, you know, beyond that on social media, you've got a whole group that's responding in support of Russ Moore, uh, Dr. Doctor Moore, and then you've got a whole group that's responding in response to, in support of Pastor Stone and, yeah. you know, Dr. Floyd, uh, others, you know. And so it, it, there's, there's obviously responses on both sides there. But, brother, let's let's talk about kind of what are our thoughts. I mean, we, we look at this. I mean, one, I think we just, I mean, we're overwhelmed by it. It's it's pretty shocking. Right. Um, it's it's crazy that all this has kind of come out a week a week before uh, the SBC. So um, so what what are our thoughts? I mean, how how do you think how how should we respond to kind of these accusations and what's been going on? Yeah. So first thing I would say is that we need to respond with a, a measure of humility. Yeah, uh, we good. can say firmly that we disagree with sexual abuse. 
Right. We disagree with racism, but we also have to be humble enough to say that we don't know the full story. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, and we don't know all the factors that went into different decisions, even right. though we may not like certain things. We may mm. believe certain individuals like right. I, I really enjoy Russell Moore. Sure. And so my tendency would be to let me just uh, uh, believe everything about Russell yeah, Moore, but right. the, but good. the word of God forbids me from doing that. Yeah, it, it, it tells me in Proverbs that I need to to listen to both sides. Proverbs eighteen thirteen. Right? Yeah. He who answers before listening that is his um, shame. Right. right. So you need to hear both sides. And so, but one thing I could say is that I, I do wish the information would have come out in a different way. Yeah. If if these accusations are true, if Russell Moore even believes these accusations are true. Which obviously, yeah. Yeah. He does, unless the letter's complete fake. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Then that should have been revealed not through a leaked letter. Yeah. Or even a letter to J.D. Greer mm-hmm. just himself. Right. That probably should have been a letter to the whole convention, right? Yeah, it seems like there are other avenues yes. that, that you know could have, um, and and you know again going back to the humility, I mean maybe if Doctor Moore was here, he would say, well, here's the reasons why those avenues weren't available, yes. or I couldn't have done that, and you know I'd be open to listen to that, but but I I do, I mean I just want to real quickly say. Like it's my ten. I, I've kind of followed Russ Moore for years and years and years since I was in seminary, right? Right. Uh, at Southern, which is he was teaching there while I was there, and so um, you know, I have a huge amount of respect for him. Read some of his books. Yes. You know, I mean, like I, and so I do. I have this tendency to kind of side with him, right? Right. Uh, Pastor Stone is relatively new to me. I don't know a whole lot, and. Unfortunately, most of the things I've known have been like controversial type stuff, right? right? And so it's very easy for me to just say, Mike Stone wrong, Russ Moore right. You know, like it's it's just very easy to kind of right. be, be that. And I'm really trying, um, I, I really, you know, by the by the help of the Holy Spirit, like I, I really don't want to do that. I'm, yes. I want to realize maybe maybe Russ Moore's wrong in some of the things that he said. Maybe he, maybe he assigned uh, motives that weren't fair, you know, or, right. or whatever. Now, it doesn't... <laughs> That doesn't dismiss a whole lot of the content. Yeah. Right. And it so doesn't. there there's a lot of things there that are that are wrong, period. Yes. And we have to you know, if, if they're if they're just completely untrue, then that's one thing. But you know, we've got other people saying that no, they are true. And so we've we've got to deal with that. Um but I do right. I do think you're right in saying I want to be humble. I want to hear both sides. I mean, that's why I watch Pastor Stone's video. You know, yeah. I mean, I normally wouldn't watch a 13 minute video, <laughs> right? Um, and so, but I, but I did. I wanted to watch that and just see what he said. And yes. And um, and and really, honestly, at the end of it, I was like, man, you know, like I I I recognize that I have to be careful in drawing a conclusion at right. this point. You know, I don't know. I don't. I guess what I thought is is I don't. I don't feel like I have all the necessary information yes. to try to draw a conclusion. And, right. and honestly, we may never have that. That's true. But it does lead to our kind of our second hope. Right. Which is we need a third party investigation of Absolutely. what happened. Right. I mean we there's there's actually a resolution that's being put forward that will be put forward at the convention. Um I I think that resolution should pass. I mean, they may need to Make sure that it's going to work and that it's that it's the right it's the right way to approach it. And yes. um, I don't know all the technical details there, but 
but it does that does need to happen. Uh, there there needs to be some kind of outside party who can come in and say, okay, this is what this is what really happened. Yeah, and they, and then and there needs to be a clear report to the to the SBC, and then the SBC needs to be able to decide, okay, here's what we need to do going forward. Right, right, and so. I think that's a. I think that's very important that that that, that takes place. And uh, will it involve money and resources? Absolutely, but it's worth it. Yes. Right. We we need to know. We need to kind of get to the bottom of this. And I, I think it's important to do that. It's okay to spend some time trying to get to the bottom of that. And so, I'm, man, my hope, my prayer is that uh, the messengers will will see that and vote for that and support that. So. Um, what else, brother? What's another, what's another kind of idea or thought that you have? Yes. So, um, Mike Stone is running for the president of the Southern Baptist convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, J.D. Greer is actually the current president. Mm -hmm. And so Mike Stone is one of what, four or five individuals who's, who's running for president. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I believe that because these accusations against him have come out, that he's been complicit and kind of even, you know, aggressive mm. in, in some of his um, opposition to these issues that he should not pull himself out of the running for SBC president. And I just want to say this in, in general for leaders and pastors and that when when those accusations come out, like it's not a good look for us to be unwilling to step aside, mm. even if even if it's for a season until the investigation um, investigation is over. Mm. And then maybe if you're exonerated and it comes back that you didn't do anything wrong, you can step back into that leadership role. Right. But to be refusing to step aside, mm. I, I think that's problematic. To mm. to like. Even with Mike Stone, him, if he's elected president, he's pretty much going to be able to oversee, to some respect, the, right. the third-party investigation. Yeah, it's going to be hard to see how that would be. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you, we have to realize that us remaining in in power, right, and in, having those influential positions at times can, can be problematic when there's accusations against mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Like there's a time to say, you know what, for a season, I will give up this because this issue is so important to me. I want to, I want to protect victims so much. I want to um, protect the testimony of the church so much mm. that I am going to step aside and allow the investigation to go where it needs to go, and. If it comes out that I'm innocent, guess what? I can come back into some role. Mm-hmm. But if it comes back that I have some things I need to repent, repent. for mm-hmm. or or actually answer to the justice system for, mm. then that's what I need to do and I don't need to be back in those roles. Mm. And so I just I just really wish that, you know, he would say, you know what, it's not a good look for me to be president at this moment. I support this investigation and, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. Now, what would you say? Because I think there might maybe even some of our listeners, obviously the Mike Stone supporters would say, yeah, but that's, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe they would say that's exactly why Russ Moore leaked these letters. Like that, right. that was the goal was to simply get Mike Stone to step down. And so right. 
what how how would you respond to to that yeah thinking even so i would say god if we believe that god is sovereign mm. right and we believe that god calls us to protect the vulnerable mm. and so whether or not there's bad motives behind what people are trying to do. Hmm. God has a purpose for it, right? We, we right. believe that. And so it's still, I mean, the, the, the times in which we live in where the church has failed for so long to take seriously the, um, the victims of sexual abuse. Yeah. Like we have to do better and and we have to be willing to to sacrifice <laughs> for the sake yeah. of these these victims. So I would say he might have had bad motives. Yeah. Uh, That's a good word. And yeah. so but it doesn't change your responsibility in this situation. Yeah, he just uh just for our listeners, right? Um, to give you a little insight on Pastor Kenny that to know that he's not just saying this. I mean it, Kenny has told me on multiple occasions, uh, I mean, we're co-pastors here at the church, and he's told me and, and uh, some of our other leaders here, if there's ever a charge brought against him, that we should absolutely 100% believe the victim. Yes. Believe the charge. And uh, in other words, you listen to them, you investigate as if the charges are true. Right. Move forward as if the charges are true. Contact the authorities do whatever needs to happen. Yes. Force him to step down. Force him to. Right. And he said, if it all comes out later that that it was a false accusation or that it wasn't true, then we'll deal with it. We'll deal with that. We'll deal with that then. Yeah. But, but when, but at the beginning, when it first comes out, you all, you know. And so, I don't. I, I think it's important for listeners to hear. This is not just something Kenny's saying. You know, hope this bad thing happens to Mike Stone, or hope this bad ha- thing happens to other leaders. What he's. The challenge for us today, as leaders, is to be willing to say, you know what, we're, we're going to we're going to listen to to victims. We're, we're going to listen to uh, the weak. We're going to listen to to um, women who have been abused, right? Or, yes. Or even if they're just claiming to have been abused, right? We, right. We want to listen to those claims. We want to take those um, uh, accusations seriously, right? And we want to deal with those in such a way. And and could that could that look could that you know have b- uh, bad consequences for the leader, absolutely. Yes, but that's kind of part of being a leader, right? I mean, we're kind of putting ourselves out there um, in that in that regard, taking a risk, if you will, in that regard. And so, I think that's important. I think that's hard. I respect my brother a lot for for those he's helped me in kind of thinking through some of those issues in our in our local church setting. And so, I don't I don't want you to think he's just kind of throwing that out there as, hey, yeah, this is good for everybody good for him, else not to do. For me. Yeah, but no, and so. So yeah, I think those are I think those are good suggestions. And man, we hope our prayer, our prayer, our prayer is that the SBC will recognize these uh, problems, these difficulties, will work through them. Uh, that the that the Spirit will, uh, man, it will give us unity, you know, at the at the convention, and and real wisdom as far as how to move forward, um, and and how to deal with with everything that's going to come to light. Yes, Amen. All right, so our um, for our diversity and fellowship resource, Pastor Kenny, you want to give us kind of do, using a resource that we've used before? Yes, when we did the episode, The Woes of Women in the Church, we uh, directed you toward the Karen Well Initiative, and we are going to recommend that again. Mm. Um, and if you're a pastor, mm-hmm. um, go to this website and take the Karen Well Challenge. Make sure that your church is prepared to 
to handle situations in which um, people are making accusations of, right. of abuse. And so hmm. highly recommend it and um, check it out. Cool. All right. So that brings us to our crazy question. We always yes. have to do that, even on times when we're talking about kind of yeah. odds. We have to decompress a little bit. Yes, after a little we bit, talk about right, about things. serious stuff. And yeah. so... Um, so today we're we're talking about you know kind of the, the the troubles within the SBC our denomination some would think that you shouldn't call it that but anyway yes um, and so 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 the crazy question for today is Kenny if you were able to basically say you know what I'm just going to start from scratch yes I'm going to start my own denomination yes and you you've you've kind of decided like doctrinally where you're going to be you've decided. You, you know, ecclesiologically, where you're going to be, you know, pra- you know, what would be, what would be kind of, would there be any kind of weird, crazy values yes. that you would throw in there that you would say, you know what, it's my, you know, I'm starting the denomination, starting we're going to agree on this, and we're all going to do this, this is going to be part of what it means to be a part of this denomination. Yes. What would be your crazy, weird, specific value that you right, throw in so- there? All right, so... First of all, you're going to have to have a particular ministry to your community. Okay. And it's going to have to be a basketball ministry. Basketball. And so if ministry. you're going to build a building, you have to have a gym. Okay. Like if you don't have a building yet and you're like a plant yes. or something, mm-hmm. yes. You have to plant like near the basketball court. Like you mm. have to have services. <laughs> okay. Wow. You yes. have to show it's yourself very, at yes. the basketball court, the park. Or something you have okay. to you have, you to, have, have a to have a basketball, basketball presence. Point. Yes, and if you don't, you just can't be a part of my new denomination. Now, what, now wait a minute. What about all of us white guys who are terrible at basketball? Man, who, you got to learn. Right, you got to learn. You got to learn. That's like you, that's that would when you it's start okay your to se- be terrible when you start your seminary training. Yes, in your seminary classes, there'd be like a basketball one hundred and one. You got it. You got to do it. One hundred and two. You better believe that our, minor, our minor seminary, in basketball organization, my denomination seminary, will have the best basketball team <laughs> <laughs> of all religious they seminaries. Will dominate. They will dominate. Right. They'll be like, yes. bring it on. Right. Are you, are you weak SBC seminaries? <laughs> right. Bring it on. We're gonna start. We're gonna start we a seminary basketball league, probably. Right. Because domi- yes. I don't think that exists. I, I mean, just to be it, honest, no, I don't it. think that it there will. are actually it basketball will teams when I get <laughs> in the uh, denomination. Yes. So, what about you, brother? What would well, you, you have? Well, you kind of, you. I mean, you kind of sold mine a little bit. I, I think I would say, um, just kind of piggybacking off yours, I would say all like resources, like like buildings. Yes. No building could be built for the primary use of the local church. Amen. In other words, all the all the buildings would have to be built primarily for use by the community. Amen. And then the local church could use it some, obviously, right? Yes. But you know, for meetings and the rain shelter and all that. There we go. But. But the primary purpose of buildings would be for the use of the community. Okay. Amen. I don't know if that's ever possible. Yeah. But I do think it's a cool idea, right? Yeah. I mean, it would we'll start drawing us, up documents. Yeah. So it would move us away from, you know, kind of what, how we think about our monies and how we think about buildings and how we think about things. So yes. Like, if you buy a church van, you can't just buy a church van that's like, we're going to only go and use it once a week to, to pick up people to bring them to our church. No, 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 no. 
You can only buy a church van that's going to be like an Uber van through the like. You're a, taking people to doctor's appointments, Uber, grocery store, free Uber, right? Yes, you know, like yes. it's going to be. It that that's you know. Man, I, I like, like that. that. I like that idea. Yes, I know there'd be all kinds. There's a million difficulties with that, but I do like it. It may be crazy. We but can I make like it work. It. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks so much for listening uh, this weekend. We or this week, we appreciate you uh, giving us your time, and we will catch up with you next week. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. If you want to join the discussion, please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. That's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.